listening to my aimless conversation with Jeff Cosetta and my guest today is Scott McLeod. And Scott and I discuss him moving from the state of Connecticut to Massachusetts after college and some of the differences he notices between the two states. And we also go back to his high school football days and how he was a star running back for his football team. I believe the words he uses is shifty. He was a shifty running back. And then we talk about Scott getting into the fitness realm and how he shares both his workout and nutrition tips on his social media platforms. And we also get into the idea of having a positive mindset, just taking that first initial step and how sometimes having a different perspective can help you grow as a person. And do you want to watch Scott's beastly workout videos as well as get some health and nutrition advice? Then follow him on his Instagram at Scott underscore MC26 and subscribe to his YouTube channel by searching the name Scott McLeod. That's M-C-L-E-O-D. Scott McLeod. He's just the really good looking guy in the glasses. So check out his page, check out his YouTube channel. And the links to both of those will be in the show notes. And if you could be so kind, please rate, share, subscribe to my podcast, leave a comment. And if you want to be a guest on the show, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at jfree82 and slide into my DMs. Or just give me some feedback, some constructive criticism. Just don't be a dick about it. All right, enough social media plugging. Let's have an aimless conversation with Scott McLeod. For you, like I've never got a chance to travel with you. So I think this is kind of fun because uh, it's kind of a blank slate. Like I know you well enough from just talking with you day to day at work, but I don't know like I'm not gonna like I want to almost treat this like a first date like yeah. hey what's your favorite color like you know <laughs> where did you go to school what did you major in I mean those are all the things I want to talk about but then I want to get into the crux uh, of everything specifically more of like your fitness journey and whatnot because I think that's what I've like kind of um, orbited around you and kind of like really like honed in on because I'm on my own type of thing. And that's how we really yeah. kind of started talking about doing the podcast in the first for sure. place. For sure, but uh, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, for uh, those that don't know, this is Scott McLeod. You already heard me talk about him in the intro. So you already know his name, but uh, this gentleman is what I like to call him. And I, I don't want to embarrass him or put him on the spot. <laughs> But I've already mentioned it to him in person. He is the uh, living superhero, the living Superman, in my opinion. He has the glasses and he's very well put together wearing his suit and tie like Clark Kent. But once he loosens up that tie, he rips that shirt. The dude is friggin' Superman. He is jacked to, <laughs> to all heavens. But And we'll get into that toward the, the second half of the interview because I want to plug all your stuff and talk about some of the stuff that you're doing upcoming and what's on the horizon. Yeah. But I just want to kind of get to first just to know you in, in the general sense of uh, where, you know, I'm based out of Massachusetts and I, you, you're, we both work out of Massachusetts. Have you been, are you born and raised or have you lived in different areas of the country? No, so not born and raised in Massachusetts. And before I get into that, Jeff, uh, you give me too much credit with that introduction there, uh, but I do appreciate that. And thank you for having me on, man. My oh, you're welcome. Dude, this is uh, awesome. We get pretty aimless here. Have a good time. I'm sure we will. But to directly answer your question, no, I was, I grew up in Connecticut and 
always lived in Connecticut until I went to college, went to Providence College. So I was there for four years. And then right after college, took the job that I'm currently working, moved on up to Massachusetts. And here I am. Well, I, I was down in the Foxborough area, down in Plainville specifically, and now I'm up in Quincy. And I've been in Quincy for a little over a year now. I, I just and I the reason I mentioned that is because your voice, you have a very good voice. Um, you you always have it's like a, like an even keeled like level voice, but you don't have the typical New England accent. I you know I grew up in like southeastern Massachusetts. You'll hear me sometimes if I talk fast, I'll drop the R's in my wording. So it'll be like, you know, again, same thing, pock the car. I hate, I hate that <laughs> cliche, but you'll, you'll hear that come out sometimes. I, I've worked very hard and almost came out right there. I worked very hard to kind of watch the way the, the tonality of my voice and the pitch and my speaking voice, because again, doing presentations for work, traveling for work, doing yeah. these high level uh, presentations, you have to kind of watch that and I, it's so it's always been something that i've worked on and i noticed that just talking with you know certain other people um that work around us is you hear that accent come out because they're born and raised yeah. in the area and now you're living you know south of boston you said correct that i did i misunderstand did i mishear that yeah just south of boston so you. i'm sure like when you go out whether you i don't know if you're a bar person or you like to like you know, it's kind of tough right now with COVID, but like, you know, pre-COVID while you're going out, while you're doing all this stuff, just talking to other people, you know, socializing, like it might be like, it's, you're kind of like that needle in a haystack, the sore thumb that sticks out and the fact that you <laughs> sound that. differently than anyone else. So I don't know if that helps you in your social life when you're meeting new people to have people gravitate toward you just to have a different voice and, and whatnot. I, I was, I was just, that's just something I picked up on. And I, I wanted just to get your, just to yeah. kind of get your idea. It's funny that. you say that and bring it up in a work context, because that's the atmosphere that I've noticed it the most when we go out to different parts of the country, folks out there will say, they'll point to someone that I'm with and they'll say like, Oh, that man, like your accent is strong. I notice it with you, but I don't notice it with him. And then they point to me and I'm like, yeah, I, like, I guess I don't have that Boston accent because I grew up in Connecticut, but does that even make sense? Because they're so close in proximity. So how, how is that even possible? But I guess well, it is. I, I also find it's funny. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched like any YouTube videos and this is, so this is perfect when we talk about aimless conversation, because this is what something I'm branching off into right now. There's a lot of YouTube videos where they have, they go through like the different um, states. And even where you think of something like Oklahoma, Texas, and like all like the Midwest like yeah. type states. And they talk about the different dialects and accents with, um, that, that you those, have right there, you know, in those states that are like right on top of each other. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if you're a fan of The Office, but um, there's an episode called, I forget what it is, but it's it's an ep it's a later in one of the later seasons where they play this game uh, where it's like the murder in Savannah and they start talking about, they're doing different accents. They're supposed to be from Savannah and somebody's doing like, uh, and it's Ed Helms's character, Andy, who's saying that I believe it's Pam. Oh, you're doing more of a uh, Florida panhandler accent where you want to do more of a Savannah, which is like sweet molasses. And he does this whole like dialect. And it's just, it's so good because it, it doesn't make you, it really makes you think rather like, you know, even like states, like you said, right on top of each other where, yeah. you know, to go right over, you know, cross the border from one state to the other, which like a 20 minute drive can have like different dialects and different accents. So yeah. to your point, 
you know, I think it's, it, it only benefits you in the role that you're in now, which it benefited me as well. Cause you know, specifically for me where, you know, you and I are both in different areas of Massachusetts, but when we travel and you, like you said, you're in a different state or a different, even a different country sometimes, cause we travel to Canada sometimes when you try to explain where you're from, it's easier just to say I'm from Boston. Yeah. Because exactly. any, any other way, place you say, I would say like, Oh, I'm from like the Southeastern state. I'm actually closer to the Providence, exactly. like the Rhode Island line than I am. It would to, be to a Boston. roundabout, a very roundabout description. Like oh, I'm about 40 minutes South of Boston near Foxborough where the Patriots play. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's what I used to have to say when I was down there. Yeah. Now and that's it, the thing you, God, sorry. At least I'm a, in a suburb of this of Boston, so it makes more sense when I say I'm from Boston, and, yeah. it's, and it's easier, like you said. Yeah, it's 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 just I just find it interesting on how uh, the dialects like change. Even and I don't even know like how long have you been living just south of Boston? Just over a year now. So so was, you were there the whole COVID year. Yeah. So you really haven't have you had a chance to venture out and check out the area or enough. Or enough to be dangerous. I know a good amount of places. My sister is also in Southie. So, um, I've shipped it on up there a few times. She showed me around the city for the most part. I got out there occasionally. Yeah. You know, check out, least, check out some local watering holes or some yeah. uh, restaurants or anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a restaurant guy. I'll be honest. I kind of, uh, left the watering holes behind me in my college days. A little bit, or at least tried to, but nothing like sitting down at a good restaurant, getting a good burger, having that occasional beer. So, so that's, see, that's the thing. I agree with that because I used to be a a pretty heavy drinker too. And we can, we can kind of get into this in in, in a little bit, but yeah, I just, I, you know, traveling for work, I'd be drinking all the time. I'd be eating at restaurants, like horrible, horrible at restaurants all the time. Every time you're traveling, eating airport food when you're you know, in between flights and stuff like that. And you have a layover and it was just making bad choices all around. And we'll, we'll get into that. I'm going to put a pin on that because I want to talk about eating habits because I want to talk specifically to you about breakfast. Cause that's a okay. question that popped up into my head, right. but I want to get back to the, the whole growing up in Connecticut thing. Have you noticed from moving here in the college, you know, the college years and, and into the Providence area, any uh, glaring differences between where you grew up in like <laughs> Massachusetts? The, the glaring difference, the, the realization that um, I'm, I'm from Connecticut and everyone's like, Connecticut, what's Connecticut? Like the highway between Massachusetts and New York. And I think I came to that realization after I left where, yeah, it's great to always remember where I came from. And I love going back to visit and reconnecting with some of the old buddies, but I did come to that realization pretty strongly that like I I needed to get out there and see more and do more. And especially traveling on the road. I'm like, what's, what's so special about Connecticut? Connecticut people are probably going to be like, Oh, this guy, like bad mouth in Connecticut, but well, give them, give give something positive then let's, 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 (laughs) it'll be like a compliment sandwich. Like you'll say the negative thing. Let's say something positive to even out the scales. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing. I I just noticed the striking difference of there's so much more to do around here. It's lively. It's happening, but to get, but get to get to the positive of Connecticut. um, I think it taught me a lot of great lessons, a lot of, you know, I, I grew up in that small town, where everyone kind of knew everyone's business. 
you you learn how to navigate that type of situation and i think a lot of positive could come out of that i had a very close knit family a lot of family dinners a good upbringing i i really have no issues or complaints that i can say about that i was very blessed to be in that situation so it served its purpose no doubt and it allowed me to be where I am today. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. So I guess, so like I was saying earlier, that's where you find value in returning back to remember where you came from to return back. You get, you get more excited to go back because I'm not always seeing my parents. So when I go back home, I get to see them again. And well, I think it's kind of like a thing too. Like, I think it's a twofold. I think it's, you know, one, it's nostalgia, like just dredging up old yeah. memories. But to your point, I think it also kind of like reinstills your values, like in the sense that this is where I came from, you know, and look at how far I've come or look at the progress I've made in my life, but still not yeah. forgetting where you've come from. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, it's a good reminder of how different things are, yet how similar they could be in, in those sentimental feelings that you get when you return to those specific places or smell that specific smell or hear that familiar sound it it really hits you deep down but it also gives you perspective of wow this is like i've grown so much and i i've changed so much and here i am now versus where i was then perspective is a great word. I I love, I love perspective because I believe in that. I always believe whether it's an argument or trying to understand like another, uh, if there's a conflict or understanding it from the other side, I always think about taking a step back and trying to understand something from somebody else's point of view, because that's only going to make you a more well-rounded person and make you like, you know, just more knowledgeable about what your own beliefs are, as well as you know, understanding where somebody else might be coming from. So you might not agree with them, but you can understand. And that's like the, one of the first steps towards, you know, bridging uh, the gap and kind of re- resolving that conflict or, or yeah. you know. I think that has carryover to pretty much everything. You mm-hmm. can put that in a political context. You can put that in a social context, in a intimate relationship mm-hmm. context. There's so much carryover and it's it's very powerful and it's, a productive thing to do and and it's 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 we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later because we're, we're going to talk about health and wellness but it's also i think it's also a good tool or, or an exercise to use for your own mental health and wellness to be able to you know essentially understand where somebody else is coming from so if you're you have any type of animosity or something towards a particular person, or even like you said, whether it's like a social context or, or an intimate relationship context, you have the tools and it's, it's less that's going to affect you mentally and emotionally to be able to kind of separate that and step back and put that perspective in. Yeah. And learning from someone else's perspective is like injecting bits of wisdom into yourself. You, you may not have gone through a similar well, you will not have gone through the exact situation because it's always going to be unique and individualized. Maybe you haven't even been presented with a similar situation, but to hear that perspective from that person in that current situation, you may be, you may face that situation sometime in the near future. And, and, and maybe it looks a little familiar because of some 
productive and deep conversation you had with someone where you actually allowed yourself to listen to their point of view. You're absolutely right. And I love, I love how you said that because you, you put it a lot more eloquently than I ever could, because I used to say that all the time, like the more you talk to other people, the more you learn about yourself, because I think exactly. that that perspective, man, is just like, just to hear somebody else's opinion or thoughts on something. Again, I might not agree with it. You know, we talk about a political climate. We talk about a social climate. There's tons of stuff out there that I'm not going to get into the weeds with that because that's very, yeah. very divisive. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, yeah, man, like just try to understand where somebody else is coming from. And that that's going to eliminate a lot of the any hostility or anything that could get dredged up because you have differing opinions. Exactly. Some people are so hesitant to, to get into that other perspective. And they're, they're so up in arms of how could someone believe that. But that's exactly the question that they should ask, but they should ask it in a different tone. How could someone believe that? Let me let me find out, like, let me massage this curiosity and, right. and gain that perspective. And a lot of it is just like having that perspective from both parties can also lead to common ground where you can, again, agree to disagree, but still have that common ground. Yeah. And speaking of animosity, and this is another great, what I like to call in the biz, a segue. <laughs> um, this is, this is where I would say, speaking of animosity, growing up in Connecticut, what uh, baseball team did you root for? Ooh, I was a big Sox fan. Okay. You and were. To the extent where I thought I was going to be playing shortstop for the Red Sox. Oh, really? So, okay, that's a great segue because I want to talk <laughs> about school too. Uh, did you play any sports in school? Not in college, but growing up, I played sports my whole life. I played high school football, high school hockey, baseball. I stopped, I believe it was my sophomore year. Football became very serious. I was moving into a a more serious role and position on the team. And it was a lot, a lot to handle for my immature mind back in high school. Uh, looking back, I, you know, I, not that I wish that I, I stuck with it, but I came to a realization that I just wasn't as mentally tough as I needed to be, to be able to handle it all. But back then I convinced myself like, oh, I'm just going to stop to focus on football. And who knows, maybe, you know, maybe that was, maybe there's a little truth in that, but I guess I look back with a critical eye for some reason. I'm always, I've always been hard on myself, but to answer your question yet, yeah, high school sports was. So what position did you play in football? I was a running back and a corner on defense. Okay. Okay. Did you, uh, what would you like playing offense or defense better? I was a big offense guy. I was take a the ball and run. Yeah, I was a finesse guy. I was, I was, I ran low to the ground. I hid behind the lineman. I had a great big offensive line. Definitely the biggest in the state, hands down. We had. I was very blessed to run behind that line. Let me tell you, hidden behind them, low to the ground, great balance. I was shifty in between the tackles. I would not say that I was open field fast. Like if I broke free someone's faster than me. Someone can track me down. Someone can catch me from behind. And it, it happened in a few games. I'm not going to lie, but inside 20 yards, inside the tackles, I was shifty. I was a good balance, low to the ground, as I mentioned. Well, I, I love that because so to kind of go back to what you're saying, I think we're all, um, and it's, it's, I think it comes with maturity to your point. I think it's, 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 
not impossible, but it's very hard to sometimes not look back and wonder what if or or play that yeah. game. It's it's very tough. But I, I'm in the same boat. Like I I didn't play a lot of sports in high school. I was more of the quiet kid. Um, but when I first moved, I moved um, from basically their neighboring towns, but from Fall River to Somerset. My friends, my parents were friends with um, the coach of one of the uh, high school football teams. And I was around 13. So I was still in middle school at that point, but I was still a big dude, you know, and, and he was trying to get me to play football. And he's like, you can, and I, I just never had, like, I, I grew up in a, in a, and this is not a knock on my parents, but a very much of a, a lazy, like, don't put in the effort type of thing, which it's, it's hasn't served me well in all my years. Now I'm trying to reverse that, you know, as I, I start entering my, my uh, middle-aged life type of thing, but you know, I'm trying to turn this ship around right now, you know, and, yeah, uh, yeah. but it was just one of those things. Like, I always wonder if like, what if I decided to, to do that? I remember in gym class, like we were doing, uh, we were doing like intramurals type thing. And we did like a, a wrestling week, uh, you know, uh, Greco-Roman wrestling. And I loved it. Cause again, I'm a big dude. So they put me with other bigger kids and I was like taking them down and pinning them. I'm like, Oh, I would love, would have loved to have done this, but I didn't have, I don't know if you want to call it the drive or, or, or whatnot, or just like the, uh, the, the fortitude to go after it, you know? And it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's something I regret now, uh, looking back because even now I don't share this a whole lot with the people I work with, but the podcast is different because the podcast, we get to bear our souls and have random <laughs> conversations. But uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I was thinking, you know, I've always wanted to like growing up and you're, you're probably, I want to say probably like 10, 10 years younger, maybe 15 years younger than me. How old are you? I'm 26. Yeah. So you're, you're like 13 years younger than me. So you you didn't grow up in the, the, the golden age of the Ninja Turtles, the teenage, I'm sure you know them. But like when I was a kid growing up in the, the late eighties, early nineties, it was all about the Ninja Turtles. And I wanted to take karate so bad, but I never pushed my parents to doing it. Well, fast yeah. forward, I'm 36 years old at the time. And I finally decided to go, Hey, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. I don't want to look 10 years from now and be like, I wish I would have done it when I was yeah. at least somewhat athletic and before all my bones yeah. hurt and, you know, uh, and I had a bad hip and a bad knee. So I, I ended up getting into it at 36 years old. And it's like, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I, it's something I look back and I'm like, if I would have done this when I was 15 or even 10 years old, and I stuck with it kind of to your point, like, where would I be now? Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a lot of great information in what you just said. And I love how you're phrasing it in the way that suggests you, you want to try that. Now you want to do that. Now I'm going to take the action now um, since I wasn't able to do it as a kid or didn't do it as a kid or, or whatever the, the answer might be there, but you, you still turn it around into, uh, well, I'm going to do this now. Why not do it now? It's never too late. It's I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try it because the, after the fact, the regret that you would feel when you're, when we get even older of, you know, why didn't I do this or that? I think that's, that regret is far more painful than going through the struggle of, of trying to push yourself now. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that because, and I'm glad that you recognize that. And, you know, uh, being, you know, 26 years old, that's, that's good that you're kind of recognizing that now too. And I think that's something that not to sound like the old guy, but um, <laughs> like the, the other younger generations are starting to realize like, 
it's to the point now where it's like you're only in this you only have this one life right you know so you know yeah. i think older generations generations previous to me the idea was you know you go to school you go to college you get a job at a factory an office you work there till you're 65 and then you retire and then you get to enjoy life and i think that as we continue to live and, and realize these things we start realizing like you know i don't want to have those regrets i wish i would have done x y and z when i was young enough to enjoy it yeah you know and i think that's you know taking those chances even it's yeah. okay to be uncomfortable and be unsure of yourself when you try these new things the fact that you're actually putting an effort in to try it that's what's like that makes all the difference who cares if you're awkward or if you stumble you know that you're not gonna and, and we'll get into this we'll talk about like weightlifting it's like anything else you're not going to go in there and bench you know 250 pounds on, on a flat bench when you first start off you have yeah. to start light you have to work you, you, may, you may not even after 13 years right <laughs> right and, and and that's 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 an actually a great point you know but the point is if you don't even start it no i know you're never I know. gonna to know what you can do not to derail the positive point you're trying to make. Yeah, yeah. Way to way to shovel all that dirt, dude. You're no, like, but you're you're exactly right, man. Like, get in there and just try it, and and you may not be great, and you're probably not going to be great, but there's a lot more to be gained in cultivating that mindset that is necessary to continue because it's not easy to continue, and you're going to want to quit, but if you if you really summon and tap into that mindset of coming back at it again and again and again, and, and realizing that you're not the best and you're not where you want to be, but you're going to continue to do it anyways, because it's something you've always wanted to do. It's something that you finally decided, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this now because I may not be able to do this when I'm older and, Right. I'm, I'm taking that chance now. And it's, but it's the same thing, like using karate as the example, you know, my flexibility isn't the same that it was when I was, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. So it's like to try to get the same type of kicks and the height on some of the kicks that you need to do. I'm not going to be able to kick you in the head. I'll kick you in the hip, but yeah. I, you know, I won't be able to make contact with your face or your, the side of your head or anything, but that's okay. You know, it's, 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 the fact is it's, it's something that you want to set yourself goals for whatever. And even if it's like, I'll use the, the exact same thing with weight loss, like weight loss, lifting weights, being healthy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a bigger, bigger guy. I'm not like huge. Like I used to be. Cause again, traveling for work, once I stopped traveling and I stopped eating like shit, I dropped like a good 40 pounds without even trying, you know, I just cut out yeah. like drinking. I cut out like soda and that's it. I dropped close to like, you know, I, I was, I was like two, I want to say it was like 278 and I dropped down to like, uh, two, 250 wow. give or take. Like I dropped like 28 pounds, you know? And it was just like, I just cut like stuff out and I started watching what I was eating. That was all that. Then you start working in the, the weightlifting and stuff like that. And so now to kind of bring it all together, even if it's small steps with your goals and things you want to achieve, yeah. that's what I'm doing right now. So now I'm looking at myself. I'm like, I want to get under 200 pounds. You know, I'm, I'm roughly about 243 right now okay, not a big deal. Like it's still 43 pounds to lose. I'm not going to look at it. Like I need to lose 43 pounds. I'm looking at it as I want to get down to 235, yeah. 235. Once I hit that, let's see what else I'm going to have to rework some stuff and, and get, get yeah. there, you know, and that's, that's, that's the goal. And that's anyway. excellent, Jeff. That's, that's great. There's a lot of power in setting those goals. And I like the way you said, small steps, 
I always throw out a phrase, small, simple steps, and I got to give credit where credit is due. I did uh, read Jim Quick's book, Limitless. It's, it's like a self-help book, but also very scientific about the brain, not to get too far into that tangent, but he talks about the power of goal setting and uses small, simple steps. It, it's easy to remember, SSS, small, simple steps, and it, that can be applied to all areas of your life. And especially in the gym and with nutrition and with fitness. And like you said, being mindful post travel days or post that post um, that section of your career after the travel. Yeah. After, after I decided to leave the travel position. Yeah. Yeah. You just became mindful at first and just the mindfulness got you down. What was it? 30 pounds or so. Yeah. 20, 28 pounds. pounds. And then, and then now you're, you want, you have another goal in mind, but you're breaking it down into those small, simple steps. Like, Hey, let me just, let me just do 10 of this first, or let me even just do five of this, or let, let me get to the end of the week Mm -hmm. hitting the food or the caloric requirements that I wanted to hit. And if you just really bring it down to day to day, week to week, what am I going to do to make positive changes? All of that's just snowballing in the background and compounding over time. And before you know it, you're at that goal that at one point seemed out of reach or seemed very drastic. Unattainable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's excellent. Uh, Yeah. Well, I I find it funny. Like it's, it's, it's it again from not, not that I didn't want to say that I didn't know you well, because obviously we, we converse at work and we talk, but it's just, it's, it's so interesting to me how similar you and I actually are sometimes because uh, I don't know if you can see this on the video. I'll, I'll show it to you after we stop recording. Yeah. But my friend Sherry, who is on the podcast, who's doing that fitness competition, I was telling you about her. Yeah. She does a side hustle working for a company called myintent.org. And she makes like these little washer deals and she puts like uh, inspirational messages. And you can have that, whatever your intent is. And she wanted to make one for me because her and I uh, were talking a lot, uh, you know, during the the whole a lot of political stuff happened over the last couple of years. And I, I reached out to her when certain things happened and I just wanted to make sure she was good. And we just started like reconnecting. Cause we hadn't talked for like the longest time, but like, once I started talking with her, it's like, you know, we never missed a day. We never missed a beat. And we, we started talking. So I found out she did this, my intent thing. And she just goes, do you have a motto or a slogan or anything that you want? And I said, small steps. Ah. And she put this on this, on this, uh, oh, wow. on this necklace and she, she engraved it with small steps. And then she, she sent me a picture of it and she apologized. She goes, when I was engraving it, I actually, in the word steps, I, I actually messed up the T I put the T over itself. So it looks like a little bit of a stutter. And she goes, do you want me to just, I'm going to just make you a new one. And I told her not to, because I like the fact that it's imperfect because every step isn't always going to be a perfect step. Yeah. Sometimes you might stumble and I just love the symbolism yeah. of it. And it's just like, like you were saying, it's a mindset. Like, you know, I, I'm kind of plateauing right now with my weight loss. I'm kind of stuck at where I'm at. And a lot of it is, and it will get into this. A lot of it is my nutrition at this point, because I'm hitting the gym. I'm, I'm hitting it pretty hard, but if you don't clean up your nutrition, whether it's the, you know, calories in versus calories out or maybe I have some, some other type of genetic thing, which 
might be causing maybe i need to rework my macros something like that yeah and i want to talk to you about your youtube page we'll talk about that yeah yeah in, in a few minutes your youtube channel because i actually just watched that video where you did that short form 101 for your your oh uh, yeah your was it your macronutrients is that what it was yeah it was a macronutrient breakdown in a, so, in a short form this time because yeah. i did well a longer one a while back but but i just love it and it, so yeah i think it's 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 that's the toughest part for me so like living alone being single and you know not liking to cook especially in the summertime it's just like you know i've been looking and i have another friend that does fitness and she's a, um, a spokesperson for one of those meal prep companies i tend to be a little bit more hesitant with that just because i know it's loaded with like a lot of sodium and preservatives mm -hmm. and stuff for the most part, you know, but I've also been looking into like, you know, like freshly and other things like that, where it's like fresh ingredients and you just have to cook it yourself. It's just, I don't know, I, I'm debating with that or it's just more, I just need to educate myself. And that's why I think before I do anything, I'm going to have to start uh, rewatching your videos and, and subscribing <laughs> to your YouTube. Well, I'm already subscribed. Yeah. To what are you doing, bro? You got to watch more of my videos. No, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so, and that's, that's what I want to, I want to kind of talk about now, if we segue into that, um, I want to talk about your fitness journey. I want to talk about your eating habits. Those are the like main two areas of the second half of the interview I really want to talk about. And then I want to kind of like just get an idea of first, like where where this whole thing started. So I know you yeah. played sports in high school. You were always pretty athletic. I'm I'm just wondering if it was a continuation there and you always like working out or it's kind of like yeah. I played sports. Then when I stopped, I, you know, I realized I still wanted to be active with something. So I took that up or how did that come about? Yeah, so it was a little bit of both. And by both, I mean, I had a natural inclination at a young age, and I don't really have my finger on the pulse of it exactly, other than the fact that it was just a pure natural inclination to go down into my parents' base basement to lift weights. I don't know what was the driving force behind that. I just naturally did it. And and that was as early as middle school. I would remember most of those nights were playing manhunt around the neighborhood, running around, riding bikes, playing sports all day. But I still on some nights would want to just go down there and, and try to lift weights. I didn't know what I was doing, but I would get a little workout in and then I would run laps around the neighborhood and I lived in a cul-de-sac and you could run four times around it and it would be a mile. So it was like a track. And I, I just found myself doing that from time to time and it got more consistent in high school and the impetus there was sports and specifically football. Cause we're always, you're always lifting for football and um, lift, lifting as a team, doing the, the sprints and all that good jazz, but that's what solidified it. I think for me, because I had that, I, I got to get bigger for football mindset. And I was always undersized and I took it real personal and it was a huge insecurity of mine. I was always so skinny, small. I had some coaches in the, in youth sports tell me I wasn't going to be big enough or that I was not big enough at the current moment. And I took, I took it all personal and it was a huge insecurity of mine, but it, morphed into all of these years in the gym. I, I have not stopped lifting since then and turned that insecurity into, Hey, this is fun. This is, I love 
pushing myself and seeing what I'm capable of and what can I, what I can achieve because I was told I cannot achieve a certain size or be because being told that you're always undersized. So you, so kind, little- you kind of, you kind of, and the way, the way I'd look at it, if I could phrase it in my own way, you're taking what are perceived negatives and turning them into positives for you. Yeah. Trying my best to, to do so in that yeah. instance. Yeah. And that's excellent. And that's, that's why I say, you know, the, the Clark Kent, I make the Clark Kent Superman reference because dude, you are, you are so flipping jacked. And I just like, I, I never noticed that about you. Like I said, I, I knew you just, you know, from work and oh, I see yeah. you like in the shirt and tie. And then I, I followed you on Instagram and I just saw like the, like, I, can that, can a back even have that many muscles <laughs> on it? Like, you know, I see stuff like that. And I'm just like, dude, this dude's chest is like a brick wall. Like, it's just like crazy. Like, I love that. Like, you know, I, I love seeing that side. Like, it's something that I was totally not prepared to understand, like, just how uh, muscular you uh, for your frame. Not that I'm like, you know, knocking you for being small or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, you have a sturdy frame. You have a jacked <laughs> frame for something. Like, I wouldn't perceive that. You think of like strongman competitions you think of like these big you know jack dudes and yeah or like even the schwarzenegger like bodybuilders who's you know his his you know shoulder length from one end of the shoulder to the other is like two and a half yards you know what i mean like <laughs> it's crazy but yeah like i just loved i like that just like blew me away and that's why when we started talking and you know to my point um and I apologize for anyone that follows me and looks at my story consistently on Instagram, but that's been kind of my thing is I, I'm not trying to do it to like show off or to like be like an inspiration or whatever, but I'm also at the same point, like, dude, I'm trying to put in the work. Like I'm trying to give yeah. that effort. And I put on my story, like I, I, I joined planet fitness cause it's right near me and it's cheap enough. And you know, it doesn't, it's, it's usually very, very busy. Um, I have a buddy of mine that actually is a general manager of a general manager of a gym, probably about like 15, 20 minutes away. And I could go there. Um, but it's like, it's also like 45 bucks a month. And it's like, I don't want to spend that even though the clientele, I probably have my pick of equipment because it's never going to be as busy as yeah. a place that's like $10 a month. But long story short, I just post to, I post to social media. I like posting just like me lifting. I don't have the best workout plan. Actually, when we finish recording, I'm going to show you, my workout plan and like my okay. gen- general schedule and then just get like, have you give me some quick pointers? Okay. Um, not that I, I, I don't, you know, I know you're trying to get into, uh, are you getting into coaching or is that just something you want to, or is it going to be like, is, are you looking to make a career or like a side yeah. of that? For sure. And at some point I envision having a website, coach something along those lines and be able to direct anyone interested on over to that website where I'll have downloadable programs, but this is something that I envision. This is something that is, has largely been brainstormed and thought out. It's a matter of having the best tools at my disposal to execute on the plan. I I don't want to slap something together half-assed. I want to, you know, I want to do more than my due diligence to make this a very clean, professional looking, downloadable program, mobile friendly. Within those, I want to have instructional tutorials. If I write out an exercise and say, perform this many reps and sets of said exercise, the user might say, well, wh- how do I do that exercise? So I want to have clickable links 
with me performing the exercise and then maybe a voiceover or me explaining it live saying, here's some things to focus on when you're doing this rowing motion or this pushing motion. And so I, I want it to be well-planned and it's in the works. It's, um, it's, it's on the list and it's in the, in the notes and the brainstorm, but well, I will say if you ever need somebody to do like a readout or like um, or, or voiceover for a commercial or, or just like an advert, like, hey, if you want to be if you want, we can uh, you can sponsor the podcast, too. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll give you shouts, uh, you know, during the break for every time I'll give a, a shout out to your website and whatnot. So people can listen and can uh, Hell yeah. go visit. But uh, yeah, I, I was thinking again, this is me. I'm super cheesy. So, you know, I'm going to give you this one free off the off the top of my dome. What you can do is you can have, if you want to do like a super set of uh, exercises, you can say, uh, I was almost thinking of, you know how you, the, the terminology, I'm on cloud nine. You can call yeah. it the McLeod nine <laughs> uh, yeah. super, super set of uh, exercises for like, but I, and, and you can, you can uh, tell me to, uh, to, to move on if this is not uh, appropriate and you want to hold this because I, I don't want to give away all your secrets if this is something that you're going to start doing as a side hustle but is there a particular like routine um so typically uh from my very basic understanding and knowledge and reading um i know from reading some different things there's usually like a push pull like you do a day of pull you do, do yeah. a push so it's a lot of like you know you do a leg day you do a push day you do a pull day so it all works like different muscle groups at the same time um you know, for me personally, what I do is I work out, I try to work out five days a week. I try to do a leg day. I try to do a shoulder day. I try to do a back and buys. I try to do a chest and tries. And then I do another arm day in the middle of all that. So it's just a trying to twist yeah. my arms. Um, that's what I typically focus on. And then if I have those other two days, if I decide to go in, I'll do some like light cardio and I'll do uh, some, just like some core workouts, planks, uh, yeah. seated, uh, knee raises, things like that. Um, I don't really do treadmill just cause I have a bad knee. Um, so like I've been looking into rowing, I've been looking into like uh, recumbent biking, um, things like that. So I don't want to give away all your secrets if you're going to get into that coaching point. So I don't want to say like, this <laughs> no, is what I suggest, but no, it, it, it would not be giving away any secrets. I'm happy to discuss. Uh, but since you asked, like, if I was going to get into coaching, I, I wanted to elaborate a little more on, on the plan is sure. yes. And, and if one day I could be making this a career for myself, doing what I'm passionate about and what I love to do, that would be a dream come true. So I'm going to spend all waking hours outside of the nine to five, trying, working hard to, to make this a reality. And and that would, again, that would be a dream come true. That's something that I, I'm willing to put in the work for. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the process, man. But to get back to the workout splits for the week, I've seen and there is no one size fits all and there's no one secret formula or recipe. And personally, I've experimented multiple methods on myself doing a push-pull leg, push-pull leg, repeat type split or well so push pull leg push pull leg rest day repeat i've also done a bro split the traditional chest and try back and by legs shoulders arms all on separate days i find that the sweet spot for me is to hit each muscle group twice a week 
And I do more of a modified bro split to get to that two body, to get to that goal of uh, training those, those each body part twice a week. So for instance, if I were to do a traditional bro split where I, I just do chest and tries once a week, and I don't hit that again until the next week because I, because I break it up. Um, I find that you would have to do a lot more volume within those workouts. So you'd be spending two hours in the gym and it's just far too long. If we're trying to get to the gym first thing in the morning, trying to race home to log in for work, um, you know, living, doing other things, cooking, cleaning, getting your meals prepped, whatever else after that. So I've, I've started doing more of that modified bro split where I, I'll give myself the chest and try day, the back and by day and a leg day. So it's looking like a bro split to start the week, but then I move into push pull legs from there. So a push day, I'm hitting the chest again, cause it's chest, shoulders, triceps, all pushing exercises. That'll give me some extra chest exercises on the week. I'll be able to hit the shoulders, um, hit the triceps again. And then the pull day that's back biceps, rear delts, traps, uh, again, gives me that opportunity to hit my back again at a lower volume because I also have to get rear delts and biceps in there. So for me, that, that's the sweet spot. And then an, an extra leg day on Saturday, legs twice a week can be pretty crazy. A lot of folks don't like to do that. Um, I give myself what I call a by feel leg day where I'm going to auto-regulate as needed. If I'm extremely excessively taxed throughout the week because it was a travel week or because I was squatting extra heavy in the middle of the week, then when my by-feel leg day comes around, maybe I lighten the load, but I increase the intensity, meaning I'll give myself less rest time or I'll perform all exercises in superset fashion. So I'll, I'll alter those acute training variables, those reps, sets, rest time, tempo, time under tension. There's, there's many ways to, to alter it, but I, I go with that auto-regulation mindset of how, how am I feeling on that particular morning? Maybe it's, maybe it's just an oil change type day where I'm doing, I'm doing some cardio, I'm, I'm foam rolling and doing extra mobility, and then I'm doing light uh, machine work to just pump extra blood into the area I, I like to call that like an oil change type day. I love it's, it as well. It's just, it's like maintenance. It's like maintaining. Yeah. You know, yeah, I love it. You mentioned traveling for work. So how, like, have you ever had any like horror stories? I mean, I'm sure you have your, your home gym when you're, when you're home, but like traveling sometimes, you know, if depending on what part of the country you're in, or if mm -hmm. you're in a remote part to try to find a gym, it might only be the gym at the hotel you know, yeah. or, or whatever. And it's just like, okay, well, they only have, you have to almost like do like a hybrid workout or just essentially use the equipment that is available to you to kind of get that same type of workout in. Yeah. The, the, the biggest horror story was a very remote area in the Midwest. It was somewhere in Oklahoma and in the hotel that we stayed in the, the fitness center, in quotes, um, was, was a treadmill 
stuffed in this tiny little closet with like a microwave in a random desk chair that there was cobwebs like all over the entire room. It's, there was no free weights, no dumbbells. Most hotels will have dumbbells up to 50 pounds and right. one bench and a few treadmills. And you can, I can make do with that and get a good workout in, but this man, old treadmill probably didn't even turn on. I didn't even look to see it. I, I peeked my head in there and I was like, I can't do this. And, and in the, in that actual town, there was, I think a Chili's chain restaurant and a gas station and a Walmart. It, it's like, there was no gym in those instances. I would have done, had to have done better research beforehand and elected to stay in the major city as opposed to closer to the location that we would be working at. And then when those work obligations come around, just making the drive the morning of, because I would rather stay in the, in the bigger city. You, you sacrifice, you know, yeah. whatever for, you know, one thing yeah, I'll wake next. up extra early. I'll do what I got to do to drive. If I can stay in an area with the gym, with the grocery store, with the, the, the better restaurants. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, I do want to uh, bring up, you mentioned restaurants. I want to talk about some of your eating uh, videos on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think that's awesome. But before I get into that, I want to uh, just, uh, I, I, it's not going to be a segment per se, but I just, the, a couple questions popped into my head. I, I know the answer, but I just want somebody that's more um, in an expertise area to just to confirm my, my thoughts, because there's some stereotypes when you hear about like fitness and you, um, you know, you, you, you hear these like cliches and stereotypes, like, for example, I just want you to like, kind of put the kibosh and say, no, that these things, you know, aren't necessarily okay. true unless they're, 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 they are, but little, like, I, I read, I read these things all the time. Like, oh, if you didn't get a sweat, if you didn't sweat, you, you didn't get a good workout in, <laughs> you know, or if you're not sore the next day, you didn't get a good workout in. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that's a bunch of bunk to be quite honest with you. I think like, as long as, and I believe you, you've said this too, but I, you know, from stuff I've read, as long as you're able to conti continually and as you go along progressively overload yeah. and lift heavier, as you continue to go along, you don't have to necessarily be like dripping buckets of sweat. You don't necessarily yeah. have to be, you know, not able to walk after leg day. I mean, if you lift heavy, obviously you're going to be sore, but you don't, yeah. you know, to build muscle, you don't have to like kill yourself on all these other things too. So I just wanted to get those, those two processes and then at the same time oh if you want to lose weight you got to eat nothing but like salad and greens and and all that and i know you talk about okay. that on your macro 101 video you talk about the the calorie surplus versus the calorie deficit yeah but i just want to get your your quick quick thoughts and opinions on that and then we'll talk about food and some of the stuff you do yeah to the point about perspiration and sweating and, and muscle soreness for you and, and for any of the listeners there are gentlemen far uh, more qualified than I am to speak about this from a scientific perspective. And two of which that I follow on Instagram that other folks can and should follow are Brad Schoenfeld. He is a researcher, PhD author. I think he's a professor, but he is all about hypertrophy and strength training and he was, he's the one writing these peer reviewed articles and reviewing articles. And um, he, uh, on a pretty 
consistent basis. I don't know if it's daily, maybe it's multiple times a day. I don't know his upload schedule, but peppered all over his Instagram is just abstracts of these peer reviewed articles about, um, there was one recently about muscle soreness. It's, it's funny you say that, but to use my anecdotal experience in, in some of the literature that I have read, whether that be tra- uh, studying for personal training or reading some of those posted articles by Brad Schoenfeld, if you're progressively overloading the muscle, as you mentioned, and in other words, to make that more simple, going a little bit harder each time, providing yourself with adequate fuel, adequate hydration, in the, in the presence of protein, water, and progressive overload, you're going to be building muscle. It's you got to start small, small, simple steps, small steps, like what you're wearing around your neck and, and progressively overload from there. You can't go in there and completely kill yourself, overtrain, overtax the central nervous system, although hard to do. I will throw that caveat in there, but you got to be able to come back the next day and get a little bit better and a little bit better. So for the deconditioned athlete, for someone first getting into it, just be mindful of, am I going a little bit harder each time? How much harder? Just a little bit, you know, start small and get a little bit better each time. And before you know it, that's compounding your three or four weeks in by starting that small, you're doing yourself a favor for adherence. If you're new, if you're deconditioned, you go in there and you destroy yourself. It's like, I don't want to go back in for another week, maybe not even another, maybe I won't go back in. So now some of the, there, there are a lot of myths out there. I, well, I'll, I'll use that, that, that example that you just said, as far as I have a friend of mine that uh, I work with, it's, it's, it's not anybody that in our circle, but uh, I've known him for years and he's gotten out of shape and he saw some stuff on Instagram like years ago, like two years ago when I was first getting back to the gym and then coronavirus kind of threw a monkey wrench into all that but he uh he came to the gym with me and i was doing shoulders and i was just doing uh lateral raises which to the listeners if you're not watching the video i'm putting the weights at my side and i'm just putting my hands up and making like a t and i'm putting them down and i just repeat that and then you do it for you know however many repetitions you want so whether it's six eight whatever i was up to the point where you know i started when i first started doing it i you feel like and this is the other kind of thing I want to point, uh, bring up to your attention too, as far as um, the mindset. It's like you think you have to go in there and, like, as a guy per se, stereotype, I have to go in there and lift heavy right away. And it's no, you have to build up. So yeah. I was doing those raises and I was at 20 pounds. Well, he hasn't been to the gym for like, you know, 10, 15 years. And he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to go do the same weight as you did. I said, no, start with the fives. And yeah. he felt almost emasculated at that point. He's like, well, you're doing 20s. I said, yeah. yeah, but I've been doing this for like a year. Like I've worked up to this. You know what I mean? It's like, tough. It's tough and it's emasculating, like you said. And it largely is a matter of checking that ego at the door and, and keeping it out of it. Because it, for the deconditioned athlete, like your, like your friend just trying to get back into it, it's a good strategy to start light and to progressively overload. We need adherence here. We need to build that foundation. We need to set you on that path and get gain you that momentum to, to slowly build back up. 
Um, but even for the experienced lifter, like myself, like when I know I have to cut the weight down on certain exercises, it's, it still gets you mentally, but to that point, you can always alter different training variables. So if we're all, if we're cutting the weight down because we can't perform it, the other variables we can look at is, can I perform more sets at the same week at the same weight next week? Maybe I'm not ready to go up and wait yet, but I'm ready to add volume. I'm ready to perform an extra set the next week. Or maybe I can't perform that extra set, but I can slow the tempo. I can make the five pounds feel like the 20 pounds because I'm moving it so slow. And I'm pausing at the top at the, at the hardest part of the rep. Or so, so there are ways around that feeling of, Oh, gee, this sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lifting so light. Um, by well, managing those other acute training variables. No, and you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, and that's, I think that's the point. And that's, that's why I love watching your videos too, because you're very even temp, uh, even killed and have that. It's like that cool, like temperament, like dude, okay, it's another day. Here we go. And, and I just, I, your, your editing skills on YouTube, are great, like way better than I I could ever do, which I think is fantastic. Like I hear the little pop, like, or the bell ding when it's like subscribe and pop. And you're like, <laughs> here's the link to the description. And I just love all that. And I want to get into that, but I want, you mentioned that there was two people to follow on Instagram. Yes. Yes. Uh, I want just, uh, I'm going to have you uh, mention the other one and then I'm going to have you email me their, their um, handles and I'll include those in the show notes so people can follow them. Yeah. The too. other guy that I'm typically looking at for scientific information is is dr lane norton a lot of people know the name if they're in if they follow the fitness industry he's been on the the jre a few times uh the joe rogan experience he's thank you for clarifying yeah <laughs> um he yeah so so dr lane norton and brad schoenfeld just scientific to the point i like how uh lane norton will inject a lot of passion and a lot of um, kind of cutthroat, cutthroatiness to make up a word. That's he's, good. I love making up words. He's just very almost aggressive with the posts, but it's so funny. And it, it's, it, I guess it, it attracts viewers being that way. Well, speaking of attracting viewers, uh, well, let's talk yeah. about your YouTube channel. And let's get into that a little bit. Uh, you do have like all your different workout videos. You have that on both. Uh, you have long form on uh, YouTube. And I, what I really like about it too is like you have different styles of videos. So you'll have like your food day that you do. And I'll get into yeah. that momentarily. But I also love like your track. It's like a travel blog. I'm on the road. Here I am. Like, let's go. Let's, I'm leaving my house early in the morning. Whatever I get, I, I just landed. I'm in the hotel. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go get a workout in. Okay. I'm going to, here's my breakfast. Here's this. Okay. Let's go get another workout. In. And then just the, you're the way you cut it together. It, it's so entertaining to watch. And I, I just love watching um, your transitions there that you, that you do when you edit the videos. And I also love how you use uh, the time-lapse a lot in your videos. Cause I've yeah. seen a couple of those dude. It's, it's freaking fantastic. So uh, well, I'll include the YouTube channel into the show notes, but just search for Scott McLeod. Look for the guy that's like the, the handsome fellow with the glasses. That's he's wearing a shirt, a suit and tie, 
click on it, watch his videos. Cause not only does he do those workout videos, I want to start talking about your food videos because I almost, because of your stupid video, and I don't mean stupid in a derogatory sense, <laughs> but just, I got so, I'm such like one of those impulse buyers. I almost went out and bought, what is it? Uh, is it Kodiak? Kodiak, Kodiak yeah. is the pan, the pancake mix. Yep. Dude, I almost went and did that because like, I wanted to get your opinion on, uh, first of all, are pancakes the greatest breakfast food ever invented? Oh, or, or, <laughs> or do you, cause I was looking at the thing and you can make waffles from them too. If you have yeah. a waffle iron. So I am team pancakes. There's a big debate out there. I think it usually goes pancakes versus French toast, but you got to throw waffles in the mix too. I think that deserves, um, to be the third category for folks to vote against, but I'm team pancakes. Well, that's, that's like, well, Mitch Hedberg, <laughs> the, uh, you know, uh, he passed away years ago, but one of my favorite comedians would always say that waffles are pancakes with syrup traps. So <laughs> that's, I just used to love how yeah. he, used to, he used to phrase that, but yeah, I just, I love watching your, your, your eat days. I believe you also, I haven't, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I, I kind of went through, looked at your videos before you, did you do like a, uh, a pizza video as well, like a, a healthy pizza yeah, video. A protein pizza. Um, that's in the mix. And yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. So I was gonna say it was it's but it's to me, I, I love that the that you put that in there because you you think about it when you know, one of the other myths or, or stereotypes is like I said, you gotta eat like vegetables. That's all you can eat, or you gotta yeah. eat like tons of protein. And you don't realize that where the industry is right now is that you can find protein. It doesn't always have to just be, you know, chicken or tuna or, you know, turkey or, or lean beef. It, it can be, you know, in your pancakes. It can be on a pizza. Yeah. You just have to make some alterations, but it's possible. And, you know, it's never going to, don't get me wrong. It's never going to be like, oh, these pancakes taste exactly like those buttermilk pancakes yeah. with chocolate chips and, or like a, you know, a deep dish doughy, uh, you know, pepperoni and onion with extra cheese. It, it, it's not going to taste exactly like that, but you'll still get similar taste. And if you experiment and play around with it enough, yeah. you can make it's, something that's good, you know, or it, the equivalent. Yeah. If it, I, I follow another guy, uh, Greg Doucette on YouTube. He's, he preaches if it's 80% as good, you're, you get to eat that food all the time. Um, for me, particularly, I never really, had the like I, i'll make myself that protein pizza the protein pancakes and i'll use the sugar-free syrup and the sugar-free barbecue sauce and i i am not missing the full calorie content pancakes i i get to eat pancakes every single day that's how i look at it and and if i wanted to i could go from the pancake breakfast right into the protein pizza lunch there pancakes pizza maybe i have a macro friendly ice cream bar made out of greek yogurt and frozen berries at night and bam uh, pancakes pizza ice cream in the same day and, and it's it's all it's all it's all a healthy alternative to to things that yeah it also is hard to put the word healthy onto a food healthy versus unhealthy i think that's another well, it's, it's not a myth because yes, there are foods that are more nutrient dense. There are foods that are, um, they provide you with more volume for a given serving size. So there are better choices. There are better selections that you could make, but 
at the end of the day, if you're panicking and stressing yourself out because you ate a handful of Sour Patch Kids, maybe you measured out those Sour Patch Kids and you ate the serving size of that Sour Patch Kids and it fit into your caloric requirements for the day, at the end of the day, calories in versus calories out, it's not going to be if you are not in a caloric surplus, it will not be stored as adipose tissue, as fat. Sure, you could have made a better choice. You could have opted for some berries and you could have eaten a mound of berries um, for the same amount of calories. Sure, there's a, better, there's a better choice. There's a better alternative. There's one that's that provides you with more volume, but you don't always have to panic, especially if you're it, you know, if you're being mindful of the serving size, if you go to the bag of Sour Patch Kids and you, you take down the whole bag. Right. And then, and that's why there's better choices because that could make you want to continue eating those, those the Sour Patch Well, kids. I think, I think that's part of it. And I also think that, and, and it goes back to what we were earlier talking about as far as like generations and whatnot. I know the previous generations, like my grandmother, would cook for us when I was a kid, I would say, you know, both my parents were working. So I'd stay with my grandmother, like on, you know, after school and whatnot. And she would cook like French fries, and she would use lard, you know what I mean? Like you're cooking with, and I think as generations continue to get more educated, and with with the, you know, the calories and the serving size and everything now being placed on everything, I think it's, it's easier to make smarter choices that it doesn't necessarily mean you will but yeah. you know if you, if you see something and you see oh this is a serving size and then it's like oh but servings per container is 3.5 if you eat half that container you're not eating that serving size you know what i mean yeah you that's know? a great point and being mindful of the serving is going to be the answer in in reality because when you approach that food item and you assess whether or not you can fit this into your requirements for the day you got to know what the content what the calories are the protein carbs fats for the given serving like can i fit a serving of this in and the answer is right there on the actual item. And, and I think folks have a, a convoluted perception that if you're whipping out the food scale all the time, you're far too regimented. And you're, I look at it the complete opposite way. It's like, it's so enlightening when you whip out the food scale and it's like, wow, this is a hundred grams of berries. This is a volume snack. I get to eat this mound of berries and remain satisfied and satiated. And it's a pretty delicious treat, in my opinion, like, you know, the fruit, the fruits and the, they can taste good too. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, but, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. But, and I think the other kind of the other side of that is being mindful and not necessarily educating yourself, but, and I, I don't mean to knock anybody that doesn't, I don't, I don't want this to come off derogatory, but I think a lot of people don't comprehend when they read a lot of the, uh, the labels. Cause I think a lot, like you said, you, you were yeah. saying the word, the words healthy versus unhealthy, you know, versus like nutrient dense and whatnot. But I think like a lot of people like companies per se, like companies are in the, in the yeah. business to make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they'll say no sugar added doesn't mean there's not sugar in it. You know what I mean? But I think subconsciously like uh, that, 
like tricks people to be like, oh, this is healthy. Like, yeah, you know, like, or even like diet sodas. Everybody's like, go to a diet soda. If you're drinking soda, you don't want that sugar. And depending on the type of artificial sweetener they use, guess what? That doesn't mean to your point, you know, having a, a glass of diet Coke or diet Pepsi is one thing a day. But if you're like, oh, it's diet, there's no sugar. I can drink the whole bottle in a day. All that artificial sweetener is probably not the best for your body either. You know what I mean? That's another, that's another one that I... I wouldn't group into the same category actually is that I'm a proponent of the diet soda, the diet, the diet pop. They're called Powerade zero or Gatorade zero. I drink those all the time. Um, And to go back to Lane Norton, that Instagram account, he just recently posted a study about some artificial sweeteners in diet sodas and basically shot down the myth of, you know, they're destroying microbiome in the gut and, and they're quote unquote unhealthy there. I'm sure there's more to it if anyone wants to read completely into it, but I am of the mindset that sure the chemicals may kill me one day, but it is far more unhealthy to possess higher levels of body fat just given the downstream effects of cardiovascular disease and uh, and other types of chronic conditions. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's far more detrimental to your health to, to be of a a higher body fat percentage than to consume a diet soda because you're afraid of the chemicals. Like if you're, if you're going to, opt for the regular Coke or the diet Coke, drink the diet Coke all the time, have as many as you want. If you're going to, if that helps you get off the regular soda, because soda is calorically dense. Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't group that into the same category when we get back to talking about like companies in the business to make money, because I I like the diet options and, you know, well, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I guess my, my original point was just to not, and I learned that just the fact that you told me that. So I'm going to have to check out that article. But to me, it's, it's a, more along lines of like portion control. I'll have a, a glass. That doesn't mean I can drink a whole bottle of diet, like a two liter bottle of diet Coke in, in a day and be like, oh, you know, I, again, not that it would do any adverse effects on me based on like what we're talking about. But even here, I have my blender bottle. I have, I bought those packets of Gatorade Zero. Yeah. So I just, you know, I, I fill it up with water. And if I'm looking for something sweet other than water, I mean, other than like a soda type thing, I'll drink this. I have like the Propel Zero packets. Yeah. Um, I use Mio water flavor, the Mio Zero yeah. stuff. Those are great options, man. The Gatorade Zero, I'm hammering those all the time. Yeah. Lately, I've just been buying a, a BCAA supplement because of the taste. And in the one I get, there's coconut water powder in it for hydration. Um, and again, that's a, a sweeter alternative. All of these, these BCAA supplements across the industry, they're so tasty. And, um, so I, instead of re-upping on the Gatorade zeros or the Powerade zeros, which is what I would drink 90% of the time, I was like, Oh, I'll just drink the BCAA supplement because I like the taste. And, and then I'm, you know, maybe I'll have a seltzer water with my meals as a treat and sipping regular water throughout the day. But I, there is plenty out there that folks can do to wean themselves 
off of those calorically dense drinks because you don't, you won't even know it unless you are mindful of it until you look at the label. And, and some, for some people it's habit. They never once looked and they got into the habit of drinking it and they don't even realize what it's doing to them. It's like, you could eat so much other, so much more other tasty food, but you're, you're consuming a majority of your calories through your drink and, or, or maybe you're doing both and you don't even realize it. Well, it could be, it could be the same thing when you go out to the bar, you know, it's like we were talking about that. We don't really drink anymore. I I was doing it just from a, from a health perspective myself, because it's like, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of empty calories in like, you know, if you have like, Oh, I had like five beers tonight. Well, like, think about that. Like, I'm not going to mention any companies because I don't want to get them mad at me. Um, just in case they ever want to sponsor it and this podcast blows up, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like you have, you have a beer or you have, you know, a couple of, you know, I, my, my drink of choice was always, I used to, I, I was never big into like something that you could, would have to sip because I'm not, I'm not a big, I don't like the taste of alcohol. So I would do shots. Cause it's like real quick and you're, you're in and you're done. I mean, if I had to have a drink of choice that I would nurse, it'd be like a captain and Coke, okay. You know, or, or something like yeah. that rum and Coke. And then, you know, if I was doing shots, it would be like, you know, Southern Comfort or uh, Jägermeister or whatever. But to that point, there is also another misconception out there that the the straight vodka or the straight shot doesn't have calories, but it does. There are energy is derived from alcohol. It's I believe it's seven calories per gram. So you would have to know the grams of alcohol in the in the beverage of choice. But I've heard people say, oh, I'm just drinking the straight vodka. There's no calories in this. Or I'm drinking the high noon. There's no calories in this. I'm like, well, energy is derived from alcohol, meaning alcohol has calories. It's calories right. are just energy. And there, there are calories in alcohol too. So, yeah. I mean, so in summation, uh, you know, look at the labels. Like if you're, if you're, yeah. especially from your health, if you're, if you're trying to be on a healthy mindset, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to weigh and weigh out and, and figure it out. So go on to Scott's YouTube page, check out his videos, especially on uh, the one, the short 101 uh, macronutrients, because he ta- talks about how you can break down depending on your body weight, if you're looking to maintain or lose weight or get into a deficit or a surplus, like he gives you formulas, or at least explains from his perspective, how he would calculate based on his body weight, the amount of grams that he should be having for proteins, for fats, and for carbs. And it's a, it's a great breakdown. It's a quick six, seven minute video. Definitely check it out. And then we talked about at the same time, not only on the food you eat, but also when you're thirsty and you need to grab a drink, be mindful of what you're drinking. Now, speaking of thirsty and thirst traps, let's talk about <laughs> your Instagram. <laughs> see that segue, sir? Do you oh. see that segue? That was, I, yeah. I had that in the back yeah. of my mind. That's a good segue, but it also reminds me of something that we talked about a little bit earlier. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't so know. You just destroyed my segue, but that's cool. Let's, no, let's, no. I, I'm sorry. No, it's it, all good. It, it was an excellent segue. Uh, I, I, my intention was not to destroy it, but no, it's all it, good. Was, it was something you said earlier that I wanted to comment on and forgot to comment on, but it's yeah. along the same lines. And, and you were saying that at that point in time, we were talking about the smaller frame, like, yes, I'm not the biggest boned person. And you were, you were shocked that underneath it all, you saw it as, as a pretty well-developed physique. And it, it made me begin to realize 
or think about the notion of of how I wanted to come off as, and, and this does relate to thirst traps. <laughs> and I, I was always afraid to be perceived as anything but humble. And I would always stay covered up in the gym. Those who have ever worked out with me knew that I was always wearing sleeves and I might have worked out with folks or friends that were using that were were wearing cutoffs or the the bodybuilding tanks, the stringers, and I was afraid to come off as anything but humble. It's it's like I want to stay covered. I don't want to conceal myself. So, so when we talk of thirst about thirst traps and attention and in viewership, it's it was a mental battle for me to ever post anything without a shirt on because of that internal feeling of, I, I don't want people to think that I'm looking for attention. I don't want to come off as anything but humble, but I understand the business in the game that the shirtless photo is going to get more views on a video, or if I use it as a thumbnail photo, or it's so so it, it does all relate. And I'm but sorry. If I, if I may, no, no, this is good though. I'm glad you did this because I want to circle back now. We're talking about mindset and the way you perceive things and having, you know, that, that perspective to step back. What if instead, and I get, you know, it's, it's a, it's a difficult mindset to overcome because you don't want to be perceived as anything but humble. You don't want to come off as a braggart, braggadocious, yeah. or as, you know, as you don't want to be Gaston from beauty and the beast. You don't want to be this big show off, you know, buff dude. I get that. But at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with being proud and showing off that the work yeah. that you've put into your body and being like, yeah. this is the, this is the end result of the, all the effort and hard work that I'm putting in. Not that you're doing it as a braggadocious or, or to, to show off, but almost to be like, this is me. This is what others can accomplish. Yeah. I can inspire people because dude, like I'm, I'm looking at those Instagram photos. That'll never be me. I know that, but I'm also at the point where I'm like, dude, if I can look like a 10th that good, like that inspires me to go out and work harder and to, yeah. you know, and that's and take, and take the small step that we right. talked about. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a great perspective there, Jeff, and something that I can certainly work to incorporate more into my mindset is looking at as you know, this is something that I am passionate about. And this is my hobby. And this is something that I've worked hard on in silence for years. And in silence, because of the fact that I was afraid to share it, because of what I thought people would think or, but it, when I start to reposition my mindset in that manner that you just suggested, that allows me to continue stronger than ever and to continue on into and to know internally that I, I shouldn't care what anyone thinks because I know why I'm doing it. I know I'm doing it to help as many people as possible and to stand by and be proud of my passion and my hobby. So it's it's kind of sad to think that I was hindered by that by my by a negative mindset in the past but it, but it was very difficult and it was, and at times still is a mental struggle to expose that, that part of myself and something that I'm still learning to navigate, but navigating it stronger than I ever have before. First of all, that's excellent. And I also want to point out that I don't think it's a, a, a necessarily always like a negative mindset thing either. Cause the way my, my mind is perceiving it too, is it could just be like, um, 
what's the word I want? Like an evolutionary thing. Like in the fact, like, I don't, I, I want to, and again, broad strokes here, but like, you know, as a person, like, oh, I want to survive, like among this, this whole tribe here, if you will, like, you know, caveman times, like yeah. I'm not going to cause waves. I'm not going to, I don't want to get perceived as the alpha male. So people don't come after me because my end result is I want to just live my life. I want to be happy. I want to survive. I want to thrive. So I think it's also a, a mindset of the, it's, it's also like evolutionary where, you know, like even, even let's take, let's take the whole like um, show off and, and, and humble thing out of it. Let's, let's talk about, you know, people that when they get embarrassed, like why is embarrassment a thing? Why are you doing something and you're worried about other people's perception of you? Because from an evolutionary standpoint, now you're not going to be thought of as a potential mate because you're not of a social context. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it all comes into play exactly. with that. So I think that being humble is also of that social context yeah. where, listen, I'm not going to cause waves because I want to fit in. I want to be part of the, you know, mass appeal of everybody type of thing and i don't want to be it's like ingrained in our genetics from evolutionarily speaking and from you know what we were what fears we were designed to either fight or flight against so it it is that natural response so yeah absolutely and i want to get into now um we're going back to my awesome segue of thirst traps i want to talk (laughs) about your instagram uh, so uh, those that want to follow Scott, uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Scott underscore MC26. So again, Scott underscore MC26. Um, he's, he posts, you know, uh, he lets you screenshot his videos. He's got some workouts there. He gives you a breakdown of all the exercises he's doing. And depending on what day he's doing, you can check that out. He, he incorporates, and I'm, I'm talking about you like you're not here, but you know, Scott, like, you know, you, you say that you can, people can screenshot the, the, the page, the, the instructions, yeah. the workout, see you actually performing those. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. And then I want to talk about maybe more of the salacious side of Instagram. And if anybody has uh, slid into your DMS after watching <laughs> the, uh, you, you work out and seeing your physique. Yeah. So, uh, so we're starting with the, yeah, just start with talking about like, cause yeah, we'll leave the fun, like <laughs> for, for the end as we wrap up. But. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's exactly right, Jeff. There's on the actual Instagram page, there was some workout details provided with slides within the actual post other more recent Instagram reels direct the the viewer on over to youtube to go get the free workout details on youtube Um, so there's a little bit of both and yeah the exercises reps sets will be provided and if you read an exercise maybe i say i don't know do four sets of 10 uh spider curls and you've never heard of of a spider curl you can see me performing the exercise and and it, the, the workouts, reps, sets, exercises are, are obviously in chronological order, as well as the video that you're viewing. So you'll, you'll know like, oh, that must be a spider curl. So, and this is essentially from what we were talking about earlier with the app and, and the, the mobile, uh, having, you know, your own website, this is like a precursor yeah. almost to like yeah. what you can expect. So once that comes into play, follow him on Instagram. And then as he segues into making those workout videos, that website that, you know, making that that mobile app and whatnot, you're going to be able to kind of follow him along with his journey. Exactly. Again, talking about you like you're not here, but <laughs> you're, you're getting an idea of no, what it's going to entail. Yeah, that's correct. And 
and and again, there's so many ideas. There's so many um, ideas that I can elaborate on, and so much that I've brainstormed. But in short form, I will have a location where you can hear a description, whether that be a voiceover or a live description of how to exactly perform the exercise. So maybe I'll make short in in the interim, and as I continue to create more content and progress in that nature, maybe I'll do shorter form YouTube videos of, Hey, my three favorite back exercises at the moment and do a voiceover of uh, focus on these mental cues while you perform it. So it's coming. The content is continuing to pile up and there's so much on the way and so many ideas in the work, but Thank you for the support, Jeff. Oh, for- no, I, I actually have an idea. I'm not going to tell you on the podcast because I don't want somebody to listen to it. Not that, you know, we have like a, a huge following, but I don't want somebody to listen to it and copy that idea because I thought of something okay. that might be that might kind of separate you from uh, some of the pack with other people that are doing it. But I'll, I'll it's just an idea that I popped in my head. I, we can spitball if you want to listen to it. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But, uh, be- yeah. Getting back to more more of the fun stuff on Instagram. Uh, you got any of these uh, people, uh, you know, seeing those. <laughs> those thirst trap pictures that you're posting and sliding into those DMS. Have you ever gotten anything I, like that? I had a, a few people call them thirst traps in a, like an excessively jocular fashion. Got you. But my mindset jumped to like, if only you knew how much it took for me to actually post this, to overcome that mindset of, 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 of being fearful of coming off as anything but humble like the, the trepidation I, I switched to the serious part of it even though i knew the person was joking right it's just like yes oh just, just because nothing, i know I, I know we work with a bunch of attractive people in our company so i was just wondering <laughs> if any one of those people happened to slide into those dms being like no. yo what's up man let's no, uh, no. let's hang out sometime it, honestly i i know we were hyping up the the listeners to to listen to something juicy as we conclude, but I don't have the juiciest of stories other than a few, like a few unexpected DMS from people that you may have known in the past, but nothing, nothing crazy, honestly. So that we call that in the business of bait and switch. So bait and switch, bait and switch. <laughs> I, I, I led with the bait and it did nothing. We switched, we switched the, yeah. the, the, the criteria. No, but I, I just think that's cool. I, like I said, I just, you know, again, from a, a purely like positive standpoint for as I'm, I'm not going to word this the way I want to, but coming from a total positive standpoint for you, like, dude, I, I think your Instagram, you're an inspiration in that sense, because you're a good looking guy. And the fact that you're like putting in all this effort and you're trying to help other people, I think just like raises and not that you need to have value. Cause I, I hate everybody has their own value, but I think that just raises what you can accomplish and raises the value that you give to other people, whether or not you realize it. And, you know, I'm, I'm again, I'm not trying to like, you know, no, go I... all woo woo and like super <laughs> positive, but I think like, even for me, like seeing you do this, like, and you and I have like exchanged DMS, like I've slid into your DMS and I've been like, <laughs> Hey man, like you're yeah. badass. Like those keep it the, up. That's, those that's, that's are the, fire. Those are the best of the DMS. Cause yeah. it's, it's two people sharing that inspiration and rubbing off on each other in a positive way of let's, let's keep this train rolling together. Let's grow together. We're, we're in the battle together. We know what it takes to get in there and work our ass off and 
and like, Hey man, keep up the great work, that kind of stuff, the encouragement, the camaraderie, the community. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just that encouragement too. Like, again, not that I'm ever going to necessarily look like you, but you at the same point is it's somebody that, you know, I, I can follow anybody else, any other fitness person or whatever, and be like, I want to look like that, but I don't know. And you, you hear that a lot, a lot of people are like, Oh, to get that, you're definitely going to need to use like some other supplements or some other substances because you know, you're never going to be a bodybuilder like that, but you're a person that I know in real life, you're, you're a factual person that I can talk to that has accomplished something that I want to get at least a, a sliver of where you you're at now. You know what I mean? And yeah. to have you there and be like, Hey, this is a real person that I can talk to and chat with. And he was accomplished something like in my mind, astronomical, even though you might not see it there yourself. Like I know all the hard work. I, I know just from being my frame and trying to like even slim down and build muscle. I know the hard work that I'm putting in. And that's like, again, a sliver probably compared to what you're doing and not to compare the two, but I'm saying like, Hey, look, this is an end result. That's, that's reachable and attainable. Even if it's not going to happen tomorrow night with those small steps, I can continue on and still work hard and put in the yeah. effort and get to a point where, Hey, you know, I might now be an inspiration to somebody else that's in my, my shoes currently, you know, five years down the line where, you know, depending on what type of shape I'm in and I, I keep up with it, like, Hey, that's, this is attainable. I was able to do it. Uh, there's, I forget what movie it is, but there's a whole thing. What one man can do, another man can do. It's been done or what one man does, another man can do. I forget the official quote, but it's like, it's been done before you can do it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Hey, thank you for sharing that Jeff to evoke any type of inspiration or motivation out of anyone. It really makes me feel great and is the reason why I want to continue on this path and can, and to, I wanted to say continue or to get into this, but I'm already into this, but to continue on that path is the continue reason why expand. I expand, expand in the different areas of fitness and health and wellness. Like, yeah, it's, it's, that makes me so happy to be able to share and potentially help someone and let someone know that, like, hey, you can do it too, man. You, it starts with taking action. And in large part, in large parts of my life, and, you know, I was fearful to take action too. I talked a little bit about that notion of fear a moment ago with, with the shirtless pictures and stuff. But, you know, I had, I have been fearful and had to overcome a lot of fear. And there will still will be moments where you're going to have to bypass fear and push aside doubt. And, but, but I want to, I want to let people know that they can do it too. Like, don't look at this guy and say, oh, I think I can do that. Or I wish I tried that. Or I wish I did that. Or, or I, or maybe you look at it and say like, oh, I can do it too. It's not that hard for the, get into it and do it. And, and, you know, take that first step and, and it's, it's never going to be, it's not going to be smooth sailing all the time. It's not easy. And, and you know, that you're in there grinding too. Um, you know what it takes to get in there day in and day out and continue. Well, to your point, it's, it's, you know, even if you take one step, you always have to take one step at a time, but even if you take one step and you kind of stay at that one step, you're already a step further than when you were, you yeah. know, prior, yeah. you know? 
And I, I, I'm a big proponent. We talked about it a little bit earlier about like looking back in nostalgia and wondering what if one of my other, I don't know if I coined the phrase or if I heard it somewhere else, cause I don't want to take credit for it if somebody else already said it. But like, if you're walking down a road, you can't be moving forward on that road. If you're continually looking back, you know what I mean? You can't walk a straight path if you're continually looking back. Yeah. So it's just kind of like put one foot in front of the other, keep your head down, keep looking forward and things will happen. And then when you decide to stop and then look back, you'll see how far you've come. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's an awesome it's, mindset to have. It starts with the action. The, are you actually going to do it? Are you, you actually have to take that step. And, and that kind of sounds basic and cliche, but that's the hardest part. It's you can be a dreamer and have these lofty dreams and that's great. We should all have big dreams and plans in place in the blueprint, but that blueprint is just going to wither away without the action. It's just going to be the idea. It's I, I was in physical therapy for a, a pec injury slash shoulder injury. And there was a golfing poster on the, on the wall or some wall art. I don't know if it was a poster exactly, but it was a, it was someone on a green early in the morning and there was still dew on the grass and there was footprints going through the dew and the caption on the painting or poster was like some people have, some people are dreamers or have dreams and other people wake up in the morning and get after it. It didn't say that exactly, but something along those lines. Of, it's not verbatim, but you know, yeah. generalized. And, and I agree with you. I think to, to everybody listening, that's what it doesn't even have to necessarily be fitness. Like you were saying, it's anything that you want to accomplish or hope, a dream or, or, yeah. or a hobby, you know, same, it's the same thing with the podcast. Like, you know, I, I love talking to people. I love interviewing. I've already had one where I, I kind of got into talking about like pop culture and nerd stuff, but I also want to get better at interviewing people. Yeah. So I thought, why not create a second podcast? I have a whole bunch of group of friends and coworkers that I can bring on and have as guests <laughs> and I'm comfortable with them. I can talk to them. I can learn more about them and I can get better at interviewing. And if that happens to lead to something larger down the line where I can get into doing more like radio interviews or something along those lines, or, you know, my, my dream was always to be like, um, a Conan O'Brien or, or a, uh, a David Letterman or, or, or you know, uh, I don't want to say Jimmy Kimmel, but my favorite uh, sta uh, uh, late night host of all time is Craig Ferguson. And I would love to be, you know, something yeah. like that, have a talk show and just have somebody come on, sit behind a desk and just shoot the breeze with them and, and have they, some fun. And there and, you, you know, go. And you're working. This is the first step. You yeah. Know? You're taking those steps towards that goal. Right. And, and, and you know, as well as anyone that it, it requires work, you have to learn the behind the scenes, you have to learn the equipment, the technology, and it is work at the end of the day. And in that sense, it's not always going to be easy. There's always more to learn. There's always more to create. There's always ways to get better at what you're doing, but you, you can't let that amalgamation of work prevent you from pursuing that like there there's going to be work and obstacles and things you're going to have to learn but don't let that hinder your progress like take the take the step 
Right. Don't let it because again, once like once you start getting over those hurdles, everything else is gonna it's it's not gonna seem as difficult the next time you do it. It's like and it's funny because we come round circle again. We're talking about lifting weights and reps. It's like it's always gonna be difficult at first, right? You're not gonna have the best form. You're not gonna be lifting the most weight. But the more you do it, the more you progress in something, whether it's fitness, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a passion. Yes, it's gonna be a lot of work. But if you enjoy what you're doing, even if you don't see the output of that right away the fact that you keep working harder and you're getting better at something just means that when you look back, when you take those steps down the road and you look back, you can say, this is where I started. This is where I am now. Look at the progress yeah. I've made. Look how much better I've gotten it. You whatever it have, might be. You will have become a better person for having cultivated the tenacity to keep trying. And you can have that pride in yourself that like, look at, look at what I've been able yeah. to obtain. Look at the work, look at the output. Now that I've put all this hard work into something. Yeah. You're better for it because you, you did it. You, you came back again and again and you, were persistent through the struggles and the obstacles. Dude, that's that's great. I love this, dude. We've gone for almost an hour and a half right now, so I think we're gonna. I think we end right on that. that Yeah, I think I think that's a very positive note. Uh, (laughs) Scott McLeod, again, follow his YouTube page. I'll put the link in the show notes. Also, follow him on Instagram, Scott underscore MC two six on Instagram. Check out his workouts. You can follow me at jfree82 on Instagram uh, and Twitter. Same same handle on there. And then uh, I'm I started a my aimless conversation Twitter. I haven't done much with it yet, but follow me on my personal stuff. Shoot me a DM if you want to be a guest. You have any uh, suggestions for the show? I would love to hear it. Give me some cr- uh, constructive criticism, some feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. Just don't be a dick. That's that's my general <laughs> rule. Be don't don't be a dick. But it, it like follow me, follow Scott, check out all this stuff. I'm I'm so enthused and I'm I'm eager to see everything that you do, sir. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I can't, I think you're going to, there's going to do so much good. You're going to put so much good in the world. You're going to put so much positivity and be such an inspiration. So I'm happy to kind of get in and not at the ground level, but on one of the first floors, as you continue to progress, I think that's awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Jeff, thank you so much, man. It's, it was, it was a good time and it's a pleasure to be on the show. We'll have you on again and we'll get into some crazy stuff next time. Hell yeah. (laughs) But until next time, folks, this has been my aimless conversation with Jeff Cosetta and Scott McLeod. All right. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye.